Welcome to Blue Collar Love. My name is Samuel, and this is the only that I'm aware Starflyer 59 retrospective podcast. And I am Aaron, and if there's another one, we were here first. <laughs> Dibs. <laughs> oh, um, so Aaron. Yeah. Uh, my favorite lyrics of this um, album. Now you're turning blue. Yes. And for me... No, no, <laughs> I mean, the poetic, yeah. the poetic imagery that's in that. I mean, it just, it just drips of feeling and emotion. I mean, there's no better lyric I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's, it's just layers upon layers right there. Meaning after meaning. It's like a, it's like a Russian doll of meaning in that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! All right, so we um, mentioned last week that we're going to be kind of um, doing some fun stuff for you know we're hitting our one year, and so Aaron, what I decided to do for us is I was looking through our podcast, and some people may have noticed it. Silver is gone. Um, at some point, it got deleted. I blame the Gremlins personally. Oh my God! Did, did Silver get me too? Is that what happened? It had to go away. I don't know. So <laughs> Silver was gone, and I said, "All right, Aaron, let's re-record Silver." So this is Silver Redux. Redux, just like when it got reduced, released later. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah. Um, I uh, I would like to get a hold of that original release though, because the booklet has a bunch of pictures and lyrics that aren't included in the deluxe edition. Oh, really? I, I've never yes. got the Deluxe Addiction. I just got the original, so I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You learn something new every day. Yeah. All right, so you ready to dive into this bad boy, Samuel? Sam, I am? Yeah. All right, yeah, why don't let's you, why, dive why, in. You, you start us off, brother. All right. So here we go. We're going back in time to 1993, I believe. And yeah. track number one on... Starflyer 59, also known as Starflyer 59. Or Starflyer fly- for the for the misprint versions. Oh, yes. There's that version. <laughs> um, and then you also have the version that um, my Siri on my phone, whenever I tell it to play something or ask it, what are you playing right now? It'll be uh, Starflyer 59. <laughs> really? True story. Siri's, Siri's the worst. That's why I stick with Droid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, track number one on this uh, album, Blue Collar Love. Um, hey, it's our namesake, man. Yeah, yep, yep, Just yep. Look. This is where it all started. So this song, I feel like, is the perfect distillation of the early version of this band in particular and um, Jason Martin's genius in general. With um, It's a perfectly executed pop song hidden inside a wall of sound. Um, I just... So I started thinking about this song, and I'm like, ah, this is really cool, because a blue-collar worker is just an everyday guy who grinds or, away at his job every or day. Or a woman, or a woman. Or a woman. They just, they're, they, they just work hard. They're just hard workers, right? That's uh, why it inspired this podcast. Me and you are both just blue-collar guys. Yep. You know, just grinding away, trying to find something cool in the world. Yep. And both musically and lyrically in any other song, this would bug me, but both musically and lyrically, this song 
just keeps grinding away. It's circular. It just keeps going with very little change because it's just, you know, hard work. It's just, here's the setup, here's the kickoff, here's the payoff. Okay, now let's go back and start it all over again because it never ends. Yep. One, and that's the blue collar life. One day, one, one, um, um, one paycheck away from disaster. <laughs> yep, and that is this song, and it just encapsulates that feeling so perfectly. Um, I love that heavy guitar, you know, the the wall of sound where, you know, he just took every stomp box he had in his possession, hooked them all up once, said, let's see what happens. And, um, yeah, I feel like this song just, and when it gets to that, you know, now you're turning blue bit, I love it. It's just, ah, like I could hear this song reworked as like a alternative rock song and it'd be perfect. Um, But I love it as is. Okay. So we're off to a good start. Okay. Um, I agree. The first words I got, wall of sound. Absolutely. Um, this is blow your mind good. Probably one of the best intros to an album ever. That, that dun, 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 dun. I remember when I first got this because I came in with Americana and then worked my way backwards. And as soon as I hit play, I was just like, yes. <laughs> that that intro is amazing. The drums pop. And I, I, I agree with you. The now you're turning blue. The time I spent with you. That is <laughs> okay, I could go on forever with this, but let, I'm gonna keep it brief. Now you're turning blue. The time I spent with you, like, and sometimes in relationship, blue collar relationships. Um, I've heard somebody say before that the only the the best thing the the thing the best thing for a marriage that keeps a marriage together is square footage in a house. And so, like, the more square footage you have, you can avoid each other and still come back together. But the smaller your space, you're probably going to fight more and it makes it hard. Like if you live in a trailer, you're living in like a one bedroom apartment or whatever, because it's hard to get away from each other. And that lyric just makes me think of that. It's like sometimes even in good relationships, you get hurt because of the time you spent with the person. And um, I thought that was a crazy way. This is your first song. I mean, he's like like 20, 21 at this point, right? Someone like that. Uh, He's, I think he's Um, only like 18. Like he did this right off the tail end of like, um, of the uh, oh, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, Dance House, Dance Children, House Children. Okay, so yeah, even so, just, just I, I don't know if he just picked those random words or if he really felt that and wrote it because it's hard to tell with Jason a lot of times. But if he really meant to put these words out in that way, as for an eighteen-year-old, just like man, like that's very that's very insightful and poetic. Um, I, this I, I call this song "Opposite Bon Voyage" lyrics, <laughs> not syrupy sweet at all. Um, from minute 131 to 138, the multiple guitar sounds, there's like a shrill sounding guitar and a thicker guitar. I love it. Um, I mean, this is a great song to pick off, to lead off your career with. I mean, let alone first album. Good job, Jason. I mean, he nailed it. The outro with the bass, the drums, guitar, everything. It's rock perfection. Um, this song, I don't know if you agree with me at this or not. Uh, hot take. I think this song could still be played on the radio today and it'd be and I think it would hold up. Um so I think radio might be pushing it a bit. I mean honestly, well I mean I don't I'm not talking about like top 40 but the indie like indie station the, the like the few that still exist because Clear Channel ruined it but the few um internet and um, independent radio stations that are out there um indie rock ones 
Yeah, not the top 40 ones, no. <laughs> okay, maybe. I mean, I, I don't see no reason. This song doesn't sound particularly dated. There's yeah, nothing it doesn't. in it to date it. It's just pretty timeless as far as I'm concerned. It is. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, in it's a, a rock in a song. It's a good rock song. depressing way, but yeah. it's, depre- it's still timeless. I mean, but some of the best rock, rock songs are depressing. This is a four, four out of five stars for me. Second, my, It's my second favorite song on this album, so... We're off and running. The good start. All right. That's all I got to say about this song. Well, hey, man, let's talk about number two. How do you feel about Monterey? Monterey. All right. Lounge Flyer makes his first appearance, and Sam loves Okay, it. that's exactly what I, I said. <laughs> oh, yeah. Early hints of Lounge Flyer. That was my first notes on this song. Uh, so um, I love Jason's lyrics um, here. Shoegaze perfection. I love the fuzz and the mosquito-esque guitar. Like, I know, you know, that part when he goes, I know, and that mosquito guitar part throughout, happens throughout. Um, um, the combo of lounge and shoegaze makes this song a classic. This sounds like a, either like a, a twisted love song or a breakup song. Um, this song never gets old for me. Like, I, I don't, this, this is another song that sounds like timeless to me. Um I know it's kind of shoegazy, but not really. Um, and then the lyrics, I said, lost on words for you, and I better make it soon. In a world for you, and the better one you are. I mean, just, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a constant theme in Jared's, um, Jason's lyrics. The lover the, of him, or the, whoever's in the song, is always better than the person writing the song. Um, and lost on words for you, I mean, like, sometimes, I mean, you feel like that. I mean, you feel without your wife, other people, like, sometimes... It's just like, man, how do I feel about this person? Like, love is like, does not do it, you know? And and then sometimes, you know, just, just this song has a feeling of like, you're just driving on the coast, I'm sure the coast of California, or for me, it was the coast of Virginia, um, wherever you are in your world, just driving, and you're just thinking about the love of someone, and you're just trying to, to me, this is, is a song about somebody processing their love for someone. And it's 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 very good. I love it. It's a three and a half song, three and a half stars. It's my sixth favorite song on this album. So it's funny you said that because I literally wrote down, and I'll read you. Mm. Um, no great lyrical insight, but <laughs> instead, a bored teenager arguing with someone on their way to the beach on an overcast day. <laughs> You know, before you go further, again, somebody said this, um, that, you know, music belongs, like, songs don't belong really to the artist. It belongs to the people who hear it in the time and place and what that song means to them. And so, however a song hits you, that's how it is for you. And, it, and you own it. And so, just like this song, and we have two entirely different opinions on it, just really, like, solidifies that. That's so true. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting though. We, we both said walking down a coast, right? Yeah, yeah. Like at a beach. It's it's a apparently a beach song it without definitely, being a beach song. It, it absolutely is a beach song. <laughs> like it's the most depressing beach song you've ever heard. I mean, the Ramones write a lot of depressing beach songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, wrote. I'm sorry, wrote. <laughs> so, for those interested, Monterey is most likely a reference to a place in Southern, Southern California where Jason lives. Hello? He also mm-hmm. loves referencing California. Um, him and Cloud both do that a lot in their music. And um, Until recently, Monterey, Florida. Monterey specifically, the author of The Grapes of Wrath was raised. He also wrote other books like Of Mice and Men. Ernest Hemingway, for those who don't know. <laughs> yes. Mm-mm. 
Um, I don't know that he was referencing anything in those books particularly other than, you know, maybe with the Grapes of Wrath, um, the feeling of being broke and destitute. Yeah. Um, a little bit. But I still go back to this is a song that a bored 18 year old. This is this is how they feel. I, I could um, see that, too. I, yeah, <laughs> I could see that. So I, I have no great insights in the song. It's good. Um, it's maybe a the slightest bit of a letdown after the awesome opener, but not necessarily bad. It's some um, I do love that lounge flyer. And it's just uh, it just kind of keeps trudging along for me. Okay. Next up, we have Sled. I guess I'll take this. Um, no. You want to take it, Sam, first? Sure. Okay, go ahead. So, um, right off the bat, I love that the drums really pick up here. Um, like, that's just the first thing you notice at the beginning. I'm like, yes, some drums. Because Jason played pretty much all the instruments on this album. Um, for those, I guess I didn't give too much in- background on this album. Um, it's for all intents and purposes, it's Jason Martin's solo project, with the exception of um, Andrew Larson played bass, and he had um, a production duo who called themselves Blood produce it for him. And um, one of those members is um, Jerome. Oh, I can't think of his last name. Fontamalis. Fontamalis. Jerome Fontamalis. He's the. He was in a group called Mortal. He's great, also great band. Look them up. If you haven't listened to Mortal, look them up. <laughs> he's also in one of my favorite bands, Switchfoot. He's a keyboard slash guitar player for Switchfoot. Mortal was a better band. Sorry, Sam. Gyro yeah, Chan was the other guy who the other producer who's also in the band Mortal. Um, but yeah, I love those now, guys. <laughs> I bring all that up to say. If you dig in the internet hard enough, you'll also see another name pop up on here. Um, Dan Reed apparently played drums on some tracks, but it doesn't specify which tracks because the internet is weird and this album was never huge. So I'm going to assume since the drums sound so energetic here, this was Dan Reed. Um, And... Yeah, I love it. Like it just it gives it a kind of um, almost Nirvana feel, okay, but in a good way. And from a songwriting perspective, this is probably the most normal. That's air quotes for those that uh, can't see me <laughs> right now. I can see air you, Sam. Quotes. Don't worry. It's the most normal <laughs> song thus far. Just telling the story of people using and hurting each other, and having, and then it actually has a real musical climax at two minutes and two seconds. Which both songs beforehand didn't just kind of kept on chugging along without having any real high point. This song has is more a traditional pop song in the fact that it does have that high point for you to hit before coming down. So um, I didn't say much about the lyrics because there's not much to say. Like I said, just it seems to be about a song about people hurting each other, which is unfortunate. But as an 18 year old kid once myself. I get why that would be pressing on your mind. Or as a 41-year-old adult, why that's, as myself still presses on your mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, Sled, um, three three stars for this. Straight up rock ear candy. The intro slays. Jason's vocals sound like every... Sounds like a you know, run-of-the-mill British electro-pop from you know bands from the early 80s. I'm sorry, from the 80s to the early 90s. 
but it works great here. And I actually like that type of singing. So I really love it. Um, In Your Heart's Not There. Um, man, such a good lyric. And like when you speak about people hurting each other, like sometimes, oh man, whether it's intentional or unintentional, obviously if, if, you, if you intentionally hurt somebody, obviously your heart's not in that person. But sometimes even when you're investing that person, you hurt them. And they take it as your heart not being there. And so I see it from both sides. So it's just like, and I'm sure 18-year-old Jason wasn't seeing it that way. Maybe, maybe not. But that's how I see it. And I really like that. Um, also, it speaks, if you aren't passionate about things, you kind of just go. Like for me, it's like, so there's that aspect. But I also see this song, like Life, that if you're not passionate about something that you love or um yeah, or something you do that you kind of just go along for life, like for a ride, and you're just a sled. Like it, life just happens to you um, instead of you like being, you know, living. Um, the wall of sound is immense and dense, and in a real sense, has a sound that defines the shoegaze genre. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just straight up shoegaze. I mean, seven. This is my seventh favorite song in the album. I think that's all I have to say about that. Fair Forest enough. <laughs> All right, how do you feel about number four, Hazelwood? This, for a long while, was my favorite Starfire song. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why um, in a moment. But um, the straight fire, fire, the intro again slays me every time. Um, I used to listen to this. I would um, When I got this, I was in Oklahoma, stationed in the Army. I was 19 at the time, so I was Jason's age. Am I Jason's age? That can't be right. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I was 19 in Oklahoma. So, yeah, I would drive around um, Oklahoma listening to this on repeat. This Not the album, just this song. Um, and at the time, I was a chaplain assistant in the Army, which means you're an assistant to the chaplain. And so, um, um, you know, Christianity obviously is very important to me at this time. And and my whole thing with Christian music at the time and still now is just lazy. And, like, if you're claiming to ha- have access to the creator of all things, you should be more creative and have more an artful spirit. And I think Jason nailed the perfect Jesus song with these lyrics. Um, and I'll go through them briefly. Um, the first verse, honestly, I'd rather sleep, but you're holding me to it all. So Jason talking to Jesus, you know, I'd rather, like, take the easy path. But you're, but God won't let you. On the deeper side, I'm just a ride. But you're mine, you're mine, you're at all. And so, on the deeper side, God is a ride because it's something we 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 pour into, um, and then we ride with Him, and He's ours, and he, we are His, and He's at all. He's all. And then the second verse, I'm craving to um, lift you up, and I'm craving to take the fall. Like Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I do, I don't want to do. It's that constant struggle with the flesh, craving to do best. Do the best for God and lift them up, but we don't <laughs> all the time. And then again, on the deeper side, I'm just alright. And so, like when I like, because back in '93, there was no internet for you kids there, and you kind of, and you know, Jason's lyrics aren't really, so you really had to listen. I think that's what I was doing on repeat over and over again. I was able to put the lyrics out, and when I picked it, I was like, oh my god, this is such a great worship song. Um, and then. But before I got into the lyrics, and now that I know the lyrics too, this is like I mentioned um, in another review. I think it was in the Fashion Focus. Um, um, there, um, there, there's certain Starfire songs that I don't really hear. Like 
after a while, like I've once I got familiar with them, they kind of put me in a trance. And this is one of the songs. And so although I know the lyrics and in my head, I hear the music and the words. It's like I'm in a trance. I'm like the song's over. It just like feels like something. I'm like, oh, like like I've been kidnapped for for a little bit, and like I'm like so engrossed in a song. I don't know what it is, but there's like three of them, and this is one of them. Um, let's see what else. Um, the oh, the outro, the guitar strumming, the acoustic str- strumming. Um, I really love it. Um, four stars for um, on this song. It's my third favorite song in this album. Um, I guess that's all I have. I could keep going on, but go ahead. Take it, Sammy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I looked at this song much simpler, I'll admit. Um, my first thought was I like that the guitar solo acts as the chorus of this song. Yes. So there's no chorus. Yes. Instead, there's guitar. Exactly. Go, yeah. I think that's a lot of fun. Like, that's a I cool do, too. Idea. I love it. I love it, too. Because it allows you to process what he's saying. So you're not really, you're like, what did I just hear? And you're like, listen to the song. So, you're, so yeah, I love it. <laughs> so I think that's really cool. Um, the... The lyrics seem to be about wanting to lift up a friend or, and I did write this before you said anything, God lifting you up, maybe. So um, I, I can kind of see the the Christian lyrics you're kind of talking about. Though I do know during this period, Jason didn't put a whole lot of thought into his lyrics. He just kind of wrote down whatever the top of his head. So we're just getting stuff skimming off the top of your brain, which can sound much deeper in, in retrospect than it probably was meant to be at the moment, right? No, but at the same time, uh, and that's what's great still. about art. Like, and, and yeah, and because, like, I I painted, I like, we have art night in my house, right? And I was painting something. I was trying to paint an astronaut's helmet, right? With some reflection in it. And, like, everyone who looks at it sees an old man's eye. I never intended that at all. So, I mean, and that's the thing with art, even when you're when you're creating something, even if you're not meaning anything, you're putting an idea out there that somebody can put meaning on. And that's what makes art so powerful. I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also getting some like Britpop vibes as well. Yes. Which I think is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I can hear some. So it's funny. Whenever I used to read reviews of Starfire 49, they'd always describe it as a mix between like. Britpop and shoegaze. Yes. And it's taken me several listens and probably the fashion focus a lot to really hear that Britpop influence. Okay. But now that I have, I'm like, okay, I see it now. I get where they're going with that. Okay. And um, I like it. Hazelwood is probably one of the songs I like a lot on this album. Good. Um, I would probably say top five, maybe. What's up with the title, though? Hazelwood. What's up with that? Jason, I, you got some splainer yep. to I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Someday, <laughs> dude, someday we're going to get Jason on this pod. And, and that's going to be the first question I ask. There's going to be so many questions. So many. It'll oh, have God. to be like a 25 party. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe anyway. we just get Julie on here. Maybe she can explain some of this. Maybe her middle name is Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next All up, right. we have the Zenith. Go ahead. Take it, Sammy. All right. So for this one. Um, the first thing that strikes you is just the sound. It sounds different. Um, almost like he's going for like a new wave sound. And I like imagining all the cool guitar pedals Jason must have used on this album. And especially around two minutes and 20 seconds on this, um, on this song, there's just like some cool, like new wave futury, but like retro future, if that's a thing. Yeah. sounding guitars and i love it it's just a 
the 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 like the word like I don't even know what the title the zenith means, but it fits like it get fits in my head like that kind of Buck Rogers Astro punk sound and um, yeah that's this song right here. Okay. Um, this song also um, is Jason's attempt at a conventional love song. I feel like. Um, it's an odd conventional love song, but it's kind of that attempt. And it also makes me think of sitting at the beach on a cold and damp night. Um, so, man, a lot of beach songs here. I didn't notice that the first time we reviewed this, but um, I guess that makes sense, you know, when you're sitting in California. Riverside, where your friends go to die. <laughs> Okay, the Zenith, whenever I hear that title, I think of, like, the old school, like, like the wood TV, like, had like a chest, like, the 50s version, the the Zenith brand of TV. That's what I think okay, of every yeah. time. I'm not sure if that's where he got the title, but that's what I think of every time I listen to this song. This is the longest song on the album. Um, love the intro. Again, I, I grew through the new way, um, that intro. Um, wow, Jason really focused on the intros on this album. Like, the intros are... Yeah, they're pretty fire pretty much throughout. More Lounge Flyer. Can't believe you didn't say that. <laughs> at um at um, minute one one minute um twelve seconds, you have that flood distor- distortion sound that repeats at different times in the song. I love it. The breakdown from two twenty three to two thirty four is great and sets up the outro perfectly. That outro is savage, man. It bangs and holds up over time. The outro to me is the best part of the song. Um, this music takes my mind to a place of bliss. I didn't hear the beach, uh, cold rainy night at the beach, until you mentioned it, and I can't believe because that's I live in Virginia Beach and I love I'm I'm not kind of a beach guy. I'm not crazy about it. I'm as I get older, I'm liking the beach more. <laughs> but I like the cold rainy nights. Like my favorite times at the beach is like the fall when the tourists are all gone and like yeah when the rain's a little wet, you throw a bleak, um, blanket down, you just sit. Um, or maybe watch a storm coming. Um, can't believe I never picked that. I've noticed that in this song before. But yeah, I mean, I totally feel that now. Um, this is a four-star song and my fourth favorite song in this album. Um, that's right. it. Anything else you got to say about the Zenith? No, but I feel like um, both of these have sort of sci-fi-ish themes between them. Um, so next up, we have the second space song, which maybe right. the Zenith was the first space song. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there is a first space song. Wasn't that released on, like, like the Everybody Makes Mistakes? I mean, the box set of Easy Come, Easy Go. Wasn't there some song called, in then parentheses, first space song? Am I? Oh, I, I don't know. We'll have to get see that when we get to there. I don't uh, know. All right. I'll be well, like, I'll, I found it. It's the first space song. I'll Google it. So who's who's doing this first, me or you? I go for it, sir. All right. Um, second space song. Um, again, another phenomenal intro. Um, so much lounge on this album. There's more lounge in this. Sam, I know you're loving this album at this point. Um, the shimmering guitars, um, like at, Zamp, at one minute 113, are an earworm to me. Can't get enough of it. And of course, the guitars doing the chorus are freaking audio crack. Jesus gets the first mention. <laughs> Jesus in your hand. Um, doing the outro, the hand claps. Oh, I just love it. Um, the I think the hand claps add like, just that nice, just extra punch to it. I mean, sometimes so, people... Go I ahead. called it the the Beatles esque hand claps. Okay, 
I, like, I you know, see. I want to hold your hand. Okay. That's what those hand claps remind me of. Yeah, 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 I got it. More Britpop got you. Um, yeah. This, this is also a four-star song for me. I'm sorry, this is a three, yeah, um, four-star. Number five overall for me in this album. What do you got to say, Sam? So I'm not hearing the lounge as much as you are. Okay. Um, maybe because it's just so buried in the wall of sound. Yeah. But um, before, this is the first I, I, one. Before, let me stop you. And I was just say shout out to the Sure guys. I'd never heard it before either. But doing the re- um, listening to it together, I used the headphones they sent us. And I picked it up. So <laughs> I had, uh-huh. in like 20 some years, I, I hadn't heard it either. But go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> um, yes, thank you to the Sure guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> but this is the first song on the album where the lyrics really grab me. Other than, you know... Blue collar and count the sands, Jesus in your hand. And I like the poetry here because you can find Jesus in every grain of sand. Um, that is to say, any genre of music, any story being told, even if the only way you see Jesus is by the absence of him. Um, it's God is still everywhere, omnipresent. There is no situation without God. And so if you're going to, going to do a worship song, while the, the lyric may sound a bit cheesy, um, it still is meaningful and something I'd like to kind of see explored in um, other worship music more. Yeah. And I, I did Google it um, on um, the Easy Come, Easy Go box set, Wherever You Go is the first bass song. Okay. Well, mm. we'll get to that when we get there, man. Yes, we will. <laughs> Anything else for this one? No, um, I just I didn't actually comment on the. I think by this point, what's happening is the music starts blurring together a little bit. Like, um, I enjoyed the music more this time around than when we reviewed it last year. Yeah, but there still comes a certain point when it starts kind of melting together in my head. Yeah, it's like on the gold when you get to Indiana. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, kind of. But it's about to change, uh, though. It's about to change, though. Hey, well, speaking of gold, um, gold is where I first really noticed um, Jason's penchant for trilogies, which every album, there's been like a run of three songs that kind of run together, like in a telling one story. And so we're about to come up on it. Yeah, we're starting what I call the girl trilogy. (laughs) Okay, I can get. Yeah, the next three songs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I'll I'll do it. So next up is is droned droned. <laughs> um, I prefer the she's the queen version of this song, just off the shoot. But this is still a good song. I see this as a slowed down Monterey. You're the best thing easily again. Um, Jason and his love songs. His lover is always better than him, which is sweet. Um, and, and it's also what, that's such a great thing to say to somebody, you know, if you love somebody, just, you know, you know, guys, if you're listening to this, your mom, your dad, your wife, your brother, best friend, whatever, whoever it is, just say to them, you're the best thing easily. I mean, that's just a wonderful thing to say. Who does, who wouldn't love to hear that? Um, let's see. I love the fuzzy guitars that proceed throughout the chorus. Um, not a lot to say to this. This is my eighth favorite song on this album, but it's nice. Um, it's a change up because like you were saying, it's after sex, second space song, it's kind of starts s- sounding samey, but th- this kind of breaks it up. And the next 
two songs continue that trend. So that's all I got to say about that, this song. Good Sam. Um, I agree with your um, analysis of I do like the In Love version because it's just Lounge Liar mm-hmm. on the She's the Queen EP. But with that said, um, this is probably the one song on the album with the most killer chorus and the fact that you can just sing the chorus of it. You know, you're the best thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that part I couldn't yeah. think about. I mean, but that's the like the most singable course out of all these songs. I think. I agree. Um, and so in this song, he gets the girl, but only while her boyfriend's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, from a, 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 a lyrical and sonic perspective, this is probably the most digestible song on the album. Like, don't get me wrong. To if you play it for Grandma, she's probably still gonna like yell. But it's like it's a it's probably the one song on here where you could just throw on for someone and they can be like, okay, I'm kind of I'm following along uh, okay. without any prior knowledge or anything. Okay, I can see that. All right, so I'll go ahead and take this next one just to kind of continue the the girl Let's trilogy. Get it. Um, happy days are here again. Sadly, not the classic um, 1950s song. <laughs> how do you get away with that? Song titles aren't copyrighted, I guess. Okay, all right. Go no, ahead. I mean, think about how many songs are called "Go" That's a or good point. "I Love You" or That's tr- <laughs> you know, like yeah, That's song true. titles are two dime a dozen. Not too many purple rains, though. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I never thought about that, but <laughs> until just now, it's weird. But go ahead. I'm sorry. So the girl from the last song didn't get back with the boyfriend and Jason's super happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This song is so short, though. It feels more like a sketch than a proper song. Like, this is why I see 789 as a trilogy, because this song just feels like connective tissue more than an actual song. Um, It's a punk. It's a punk song. I guess to a degree, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially now that you say it, that kind of punk attitude of yeah. nah, 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 yeah, right? exactly, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when she smiles, it shakes my sickest face. That's such a punk rock lyric. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's that's my thoughts on it, man. Um, it's just a short uh, kind of connective tissue. It's probably, and I don't mean this like in necessarily a negative way, but it's probably the, the song I would listen to the least from this album. Um. But it's still, it's okay. All right. Well, I'm going to say this is my favorite song on the album. Really? No, I'm joking. Nuh-uh. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, I know that's not true, Aaron. We've had this conversation before. Did we? Oh, yeah, because we reviewed it before. That's right. Okay. Um, this is my least favorite song on the album. So I agree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean I hate it, though. I mean, they ha- I just have to rank them. Um, it sounds like it um, should have been on the She's the Queen EP. Um and like you were saying, uh, wait, hold on. Happy Days. I'm sorry. I'm on the next one. Sorry. This song sounds like um, an amalgamation of all the songs that preceded it. It's like he took riffs, everything. Guitar is just like, maybe nine songs isn't enough. I think I need 10. If I have like, uh, 10 is a better number for an album because, you know, nine's not enough. And I feel like he just recorded this and was like, all right, boom, there we go. This is, and it turned out to be like an encapsulation, encapsulation of pretty much everything that's been on this album. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's not terrible. Nothing to really write about. Um, two and a half stars. 
I don't I won't skip it, but I don't I wouldn't look forward to it to listening to it. That's all I gotta say about that. A lot of force references tonight. Fair enough. All right, do you want to talk about this last one? Yeah, let's wrap up this trilogy. She only knows. Okay, now this sounds like it should have been on She's the Queen EP. Um, a lounge fire again. <laughs> I love the uh, mix of the acoustic and electronic elements on this song. Um, I don't know, like, and I agree with you uh, with the trilogy. So, you know, the... Fr- you know, he's trying to get her from the guy. She, she chooses him. And now they're just happy together, holding hands, bowing rings, you know, by the roadside. Um, and she knows, she only knows, you know, you know, who knows what she knows. But, you know, when you're in love, you share things, whispering sweet nothings in your ear. So that's the vibe of the song. I get that he's finally got the girl. They're together. They're just in their happy, lovey world. And everything's great, you know. And this is my ninth favorite song in the album. This is also two and a half stars. Take it, Sam. So it's funny because I got the exact opposite feeling on this. As the last song in the trilogy, especially with the line, you know, standing on the road, I thought it was the girl was finally leaving Jason. Like but, he's, but he says holding hands by the road. Yeah, they're holding hands because she's getting ready to leave. Oh, okay. All right. So what this song is... For one, it's American football six years before American football. Yeah, it really is. The band. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, is a great band. Check them out too if you haven't heard them. Ah, uh, great album. Mm-hmm. And the drowsy sadness of this um, song is perfect for a rainy scene in a teen film. I can just picture it so perfectly in my head. These two teenagers in the rain, you know, it's the climax of the film and they're holding hands and she's getting ready to leave because she has to for reasons. Or some teen drama on CW or something. Yeah, I feel that. Yes, I I see it perfectly in my head. And American Football has two albums now, by the way, so it's albums. Uh, They actually have three. Oh, they do? Oh, man. Plus an EP. Um, I love American Football. I do, too. They're (laughs) awesome. Like, we could do a podcast on them, but we'd get four episodes out of it. Well, we could do Owen's um, solo stuff well, too. Oh, if you want to do all the related stuff, you have Cap and Jazz. Oh, Joan of Arc. You have Al. Right. Joan of Arc. Okay, stop. Okay, all right. Let's focus. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Getting sidetracked here. Yeah. <laughs> She's only knows anything else. Um, I like this song probably more than you, probably okay. because I'm a fan of that Midwest emo sound. Okay. Like um, Weezer, so, like yeah. Weezer stuff. Uh, so I don't consider Weezer emo as much as everyone else. They're more okay. like power pop to me. Okay, all right. When I think of Midwest emo, I think of well, American football. Um, okay, maybe May. I think of May a lot. Okay, bands like that. Okay, I like all that right. style. Okay, I do me. too. I don't like May though, but I do like I love American football. <laughs> all right, here Sam, we are, man. The, the last final one. track. The the dungeon. You, I think you should go first, Sam. All right. So, here here is my uh, as I wrote it. Epic closer. <laughs> Feel the metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. <laughs> the dungeon was sometimes the nickname for Gene Eugene's recording studio, specifically a room inside the recording studio, and. Um, yeah, it's just it's some awesome guitars and just uh, it's just an epic. It's the way to close 
Um, I feel like this song most closely resembles the first track, Blue Collar Love. So this song can be taken in one of two ways, right? I feel like it's ultimately a redemptive song to close out. But it could be taken as, because there is a line in it where it says, and now I'm blue. So it could be, you know, the blue collar lifestyle makes me feel like I'm in a dungeon sometime. But then there's another line in there about, um, oh, I forget. But what I essentially interpreted it as was God lifting you out of that depression, even though you feel like you're in a dungeon. So, um, but really the lyrics don't matter. It's, it's a friggin' epic song to close out your track on. And, um, it's just, it's fun and just, it's the, uh, the best metal song we get from Starflyer until the Vanker. So yeah, there you go. All right. You done, Sammy? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Here's what I wrote. Holy effing S. <laughs> Holy this music's so good so up front favorite song in this album five stars it's it's just like too much fun on fashion focus i don't care about the lyrics i know i'm out here i don't care just i just crank this up every time put it in the red and just roll the windows down or if i'm driving or whatever and just let it blare the intro, the breakdowns, oh, oh my God, this song is just per- rock perfection. Um, the background guitar riffs, the sound effects, I mean, this song is just a masterpiece. There's so many sounds going on, it's a wall of sound on sound, there's sounds and sound. This is like heavy metal Phil Spector level perfection, like if Phil Spector got into like metal production, this is probably what it would sound like. Um, but unlike Phil Spector, Jason's not a murderer, as far as, as, far as we know. Um, at, there was a moment, a brief moment from at minute 314 to 3:16. There's like a brief drum fill. Oh, it's like a, and it just makes my heart fly every time. It's just a simple thing, but it's just, it's right before, like, it's a drum fill right before it launches into another guitar onslaught. It's great. This perfect closer. Jason set a president here. He always knows how to pick a closer for an album. I'm trying to think of an album where he didn't pick a good closer, and I really can't. He, I mean, whether it be One Shot Juanita, which is a soft one, um, or this, which is a heavier one, he knows he, he, he knows how to close an album out. So that's really a gift he has. And that is, I, mean, I could go on forever with this song, but the m- amount of times I've just driven around or played air guitar to the song is just ridiculous i love it <laughs> fair enough all right so let me give you my final thoughts on it um i was surprised so i wrote my review completely independent just listened to it like it was my first time and then went back and compared it to my first review um so lyrics mainly placeholder lyrics with some loose ideas i give it a one Music, I give it a two. It's not perfect, but there is moments of brilliance that shine through. And overall, I give it a two. So this album is raw in a way Jason could never replicate. I think that's its highest strength is just the rawness of it. Um, It's the perfect microscope into the mind and emotions of an angsty 18-year-old kid from California. So overall, I give it a five out of nine, which looking back on my other review is the exact same score I gave it a year ago. Interesting. And it's weird because I enjoyed it more, but at the same time from a completely like, I'm just trying to be critical of this. It's still, there is 
too many loose ends. And I know that if I could maybe bump it up another point and give it like a six out of nine, because that rawness and that imperfection is probably one of its greatest strengths. But at the same time, it's not like, um, he, he gets better at the sound later and it's, I don't know. It's, um, it's not as strong as I would like it, but it's perfect for a first album, if that makes sense. Yes. So I, mean, I, I stand by my five out of nine. Okay. Well, I lost my first review, so I had to redo it completely. So I have no idea what I put before. But based off of your nine-star um, format, um, lyrically, I, I'm with you. You said one, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a one for that. Um, as far as music... Um, Oh man, it's like two and a half. And then, as far as does it hold up over time, I have to mm-hmm. give it a three. I don't. I don't see how too many of these songs wouldn't be hitting, you know, right now. So three, five. So yeah, I, I guess I give it a six out of nine. <laughs> That's not bad, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great start for eight, especially yeah. for an eighteen-year-old. Doing it all basically yeah. by himself. And I remember the Bob Moon interview. Was it he's, He mentioned that Silver, there's some demos that he recorded for this with like a baby monitor or something. You remember that? Yeah, he Is said that, there was like a baby monitor recording of it. For like the Zenith could, or Second Space song. And he said it sounded so cool and he could never yeah, replicate it. God, man. I wish we, I hope we get to hear those one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, do, you know who we should try and get sometime. We should try and track down Blood and get their opinion on this album. Well, two things. So yeah, so Gyro Chan, not his real name. Um, I looked it up. Um, it's a pseudonym. He's no internet pros- um, um, presence because just what they did with Mortal and Fold Zandur, the dudes up there on Mama Mount Rushmore, greatest artists, and then Jerome. We can try. I will try. Maybe we'll see. Maybe he could get dry, Gyro for us. We'll see what we can do. You might be able to get Jerome on there. I mean, I know he's on the internet because he's so active with Switchfoot and stuff. Okay. So he'd probably be like, oh, I I forgot about this album. (laughs) I'm sure he has. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Well, you never know what happens. Christmas miracles happen all the time. Well, guys, we thank you again for listening to us. Um, if, If you could... It would mean the world to us if you could leave us some reviews on Apple Music or Spotify, wherever, whatever platform you're using to listen. And, um, you know, let us know if we're doing good, if you love us, hate us. How do you like our new microphones? Um, do you feel like we could change format, et cetera, et cetera? Just let us know, you know, come, just say hi. I just, um, you know, I need some friends, man. Say hi. Yeah, we all do. Especially your quarantine. You got all the time in the world. And also, um, for those who don't know, the new Starfire EP Miami is up for selling. Velvet, it's a Velvet Blue release, finally. Uh, a Velvet Blue music-only release, Miami. The deluxe version sold out, unfortunately. Sorry if you were trying to get that. But um, go to velvetbluemusic.com and pick it up. And we'll be reviewing it when it comes out. It comes out June 19th, I believe. So support that. What we'll do is we'll do a hot take review and then we'll still properly review it. Yeah. At a later many, many moons from now when we finally get through the whole Jason Martin discography, which is going to take a while at this rate. Yeah, especially if he keeps releasing music, because it seems like he's gonna keep releasing music. Which is great. Don't stop. Just don't stop. 
<laughs> yeah, no, he's going to be like Elvis Costello and just have like 500 releases and be like, well. That would be <sighs> wonderful. <laughs> so anyway, guys, well, thank you again. This, is, this has been a Blue Collar Love. Appreciate uh, you yeah. listening. Follow Once us again, on my social name media. Is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. We're on all the social medias. Yep. Talk to us there. This all has right. been a. All right. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. man. Uh, this has been a Brothers King Media production. Bye. Bye.